ones, welcome back, you guys. Welcome to the Cloud Chariot of the Sun of Righteousness, coming to you live from RLM TV, Miami. Yes, we took this opportunity to move across the state of Florida. We are now located in Miami, and we are so excited to be here. We've been here for about a week, setting up the studio, getting it all ready for today. And we just wanted to make it a surprise for everyone. And welcome to the new season of RLM TV. Amen. It's a season of reformation. And that season of reformation will only come about in the body of Christ through the absolute total annihilation and destruction of the principality of false love. The very core essence of counterfeit Christianity that keeps people from rising, that keeps people from lifting off of the earth to be the bride of Christ standing on the moon clothed in the sun is in fact that principality of false love, which is known as the counterfeit of Shekinah and also the spirit of Jezebel. Uh, the false mother above being Lilith and her false daughter of seven below being Jezebel. What is the counter to the counterfeit? the return of the true and pure Shekinah glory, which is what you'll experience as you rise into the cosmos. So it's that spirit of Jezebel that keeps believers earthbound from being victorious, overcoming all that's in the world and standing on the moon clothed in the sun. Habakkuk 2.14, for the knowledge of the glory Shekinah shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Now, if you understand waters, everyone will be aware of the presence of the light of Yarevave, Almighty God, and His Messiah, Jesus Christ. But water varies in depth. There will be shallow waters where people just have a physical understanding of it only, where they can physically see the light, where this light is the glory that is causing new earth to exist. Now, others will have gone deeper and deeper into the knowledge of this light. And that's what RLM TV is. It is to understand the knowledge of the glory, the knowledge of Shekinah, which really requires being fully God inside Maiden yeah. and then understanding the stairway. This stairway is John 151, Jesus Christ in the red letters. I am Yad Vaveh. That's what he said. I am the stairway between heaven and earth. So in these times, the knowledge of the glory is the understanding of the stairway. People look for the stairway on the outside. It's on the inside. It's Christ. He said, I am the stairway. Christ in you, the hope of realizing the stairway, the hope of realizing the possibility of ever-increasing glory. Notice it says, ever-increasing glory, 2 Corinthians 3.18. You know what that means? What does it mean if there's ever-increasing glory and Jesus said he is the stairway? That means the stairway goes up forever. Scripture says, worlds without an amen. Who will rise in the glory forever? Who will come to a place of humility and understanding there's no cap? There's no cap to the growth, growth in Christ. You can't say, I have reached the limit in my life, or have seen it, or have heard it before. It's never been done. Why? Because it's unlimited. 
how much is available to grow in God. And just the concept of unlimited growth, unlimited stairways, unlimited rungs, unlimited glory should blow some of your minds away. Goes on forever and ever. <laughs> Amen. We have caps. What is a cap? A mindset that is not in agreement with the truth. What does the Bible say? You will know the truth. It will set you free. What is it setting you free from? The limitations we have put on Almighty God. The limitations are belief systems and whatever we have agreed with the enemy, which is lies and the father of lies, and how much those lies have been fathered is how much you are in disagreement with God who loves you. He is absolutely trying to set you free every single day of our lives. What does the Bible say? Many are called, few are chosen, because few are willing. So few are willing to receive the truth and then obey it. Now, this is what God was saying to me today. James 2.14. I'll read it in the Amplified Classic. What is the benefit, my fellow believers, if someone claims to have faith but has no good works as evidence? Can that kind of faith save him? No. A mere claim of faith is not sufficient. Genuine faith produces good works. Another translation says, faith without works is dead. So you're telling me that there's faith without works, and that is death. What does that mean? That there is dead faith? He says it's a type of faith. They absolutely believe in Jesus. They believe the Bible is the infallible word of God. I'm sure they have the soundest doctrine in the entire universe. Perfect doctrine ministries. But if they don't have the works of the Holy Spirit, the works of Christ, the Bible says they have dead faith. And the Holy Spirit said to me today that death, that death faith and that dead faith is the Laodicean church, the seventh church of Revelation. If we are honest with ourselves and we are revelatory and open to correction or rebuke by the word of God, we can assess accurately that the current state of the American church is mostly in dead faith. Why is it in dead faith? Because we're in the faith without the works of the glory of God, the faith without the works of the Garden of Eden, the faith without the works of the archangels. Not everyone, but the vast majority. Now, in order to get everyone on board with faith that is a working, energizing, angelic, powerful, shape-shifting bulldozer, which shifts the shape of the whole terrestrial realm, because it has to change the natural realm. Faith without obedience in the natural realm is death. Faith without works is dead. Faith without the natural realm moved by your faith in the spiritual realm is dead. That's what it means. It means that if you have not used a bulldozer to change the natural realm, if you were the, still the same in your brain and your mindsets, if you are still reliant on your own DNA and your own bloodstream and your own bloodline and your own situation that you're in control of, you haven't done anything. There's no real faith, just death faith. And of course, you have so many in that realm defending themselves, saying, but I believe in Jesus. 
This is who the Apostle James is writing to. He's not writing in condemnation. He's writing in revelation to set you free from dead faith. Dead faith, I would honestly say in America, is 97% of born-again believers are currently members of the Laodicean Church of Dead Faith. Truth anyhow. I believe it's a little more than that, but let's be accurate. Why is that? Because I studied advanced statistics in college, and 97% of born-again believers in the USA do not put their money where their mouth is. They do not give and tithe regularly, which means they have not moved the natural realm at all to agree with their faith. Now, you could say, oh, don't bring money into this and tithes and offerings. I'm offended, Brandon. Well, the apostle does. The very next verse in James 2, verse 15, after faith without works is dead, addresses financial disobedience. Not obeying with money is what is addressed directly after Apostle James, pillar of the church of Jerusalem, says that faith without works is dead. Now, people don't want to talk about it. We want to brush it under the rug and say, I can just have faith. Well, if you are not obedient with finances, Apostle James says you have nothing but dead faith. Somebody type in the comments, truth anyhow. And so we want living faith. We want faith that works. We don't want hypocrisy. We won't, don't want demonic faith. Demonic faith is believing in Jesus. The Bible says all the demons believe in Jesus, but they never obey once in the natural dimension. So Laodicea is a church that has extreme faith in Jesus' word, raising their hands, kumbaya, but they haven't really done anything. You see the same church in Revelation. You have not yet pleased me with one single word and uh, work. Jesus Christ, red letters. That church was 100 years old. And if you study it out, Jesus said, Till this day, you have not pleased me in a single thing you've ever done. Can you imagine believing in Jesus, having signs, miracles, and wonders, in this apostolic glory stream church in the book of Revelation to the seven churches of Asia Minor, and still Jesus is a hundred years later, a hundred-year-old church. They probably think they're in revival. They're probably throwing conferences with the biggest speakers every Sunday morning and every weekend, bringing in all the big apostles from Jerusalem. Jesus said that local church has still not done one work that pleased me. So, we need to repent. To make straight the way of the Lord, which is the stairway within, it's going to require radical repentance of everything you think is God and everything you think is good. Both of them need to be constantly repented. And then after you repent, you're going to have to repent of how you repented. <laughs> Truth anyhow, you will repent of your previous repentance every time because what does it mean to repent? Go higher. So I'm going to go higher than I went before, which means I'm going to repent of my repentance of my previous repentance and my further repentance and my future repentance is going to be a high repentance when I repent then. Amen? So it just builds upon itself. So the whole ladder, guys, is a ladder of repentance. What if I'm perfect in the 10th week and I've already... You're going to repent, which means you're still going to keep going higher. 
You go higher and higher until you look into the earth, like the book of Enoch says, and not find any wrongdoing anymore. For the ones that repent, the repentance of the stairway shall remove all the dead works and the dead faith from the entire earth. There shall be a new earth. What is the new earth? It's the earth or the earthen vessel. It's people who use their bodies in the works that please God. Now, if we read Revelation, it says the white garments are people that are doing the works that please God. Now, we are so far removed in this hyper-grace Christianity right now that we've almost gone into the extreme of not doing anything. We just soak. We just, we, you know, it says in Scripture, Lord, let your works appear. And those who know their God shall do great exploits, great works. Now, this work we're doing in Miami is a greater work than we did in Clearwater. Why? Because going from glory to glory is doing the works in the greater glory. As long as you're directed by direct revelation from Jesus Christ into your inner man, and he's the father of spirits, so obedience is having your spirit fathered in the next measure of glory, and it required like two tons of physical earth and materials to be moved hundreds of miles across America. And in doing so, God's kingdom is advanced, His will is done, and His works appear before your eyes right now as you're watching RLM TV. So it is in everything God ever asks you to do. When He asks you to do something, there will always be two things that happen. The natural realm shall change, and in the spirit realm, there shall be resurrection. So the repentance is an excellence in the natural realm. Without repentance, the natural realm stays the same. They're in bondage. There's no obedience. There's no increase. There's no greater glory. There's no greater freedom. There's no greater faith. There's no greater nothing. It's just lukewarm religion everywhere. Throw it in the lake of fire. Burn it off the face of the earth in Jesus' name. But when faith that it comes from God is mixed with obedience and hearing accurately what he's saying. There is always greater glory. There is always ascension. There is always a deeper intimate knowing of him. And there's always a confrontation with demons. You'll find promised land. You'll have demons blocking it just like Canaan with the seven nations of Canaan every time. You'll have the strong men, the Nephilim, the Anakim are in the land. And that was the excuse they made where we can't go in and take this land because there's giants and we're like grasshoppers. All they had to do was obey what God said, get out of their carnal stinking thinking and obey the word of God. He'd appeared with signs and wonders, but it was that pressure to come out of the unknown. And a lot of Jewish sages believe the main reason why they did not go in is because it required works and they were used to handouts in the manna in the wilderness. In the church age, you get the handouts. In the promised land, you embody Christ. Amen? Amen. And the embodiment of Christ is putting on the white garments of the saints of the overcomers of Revelation. Amen? Amen. <laughs> There's been such a great increase in glory. 
since moving out here. And the whole thing was just a really fascinating experience. Certain things had to happen before coming here. And it's been wonderful. I want to share with you the impartation in just the form of these words. As you remember, words are containers. So the word that we speak is a container of the seed inside that reproduces after its own kind. So when you hear a word that contains something that you'd like to receive, the greater you can let it in through that gate of the mind and down in through the heart, through the heart, down into your eternal spirit and your innermost being. That's where you can plant that seed. Simply when you hear the word spoken, that's why when testimonies are given, when the word is preached and the hearer is listening and is hearing, right? blessed are you for you have eyes to see, you have ears that can hear. It's a blessing to have ears that can hear, why? Because faith comes through hearing and hearing the word of God. And if you allow that in you, if you allow those words to penetrate to your innermost being, it will produce a harvest of righteousness in your own life. And that's why you see people will hear a great testimony and it activates something inside of them, right? Something inside of you it cannot remain the same. It must change because you've eaten and tasted of that word that came from the tree of life. But what happens is you'll notice that there are different groups of people. Some people are active listeners and they find it easy to follow Christ. They just want to know genuinely the truth. And from that aspect, they change quickly, which means you repent quickly, which means you begin to rise quickly. You change. It's always a change. Now, where we tend to block the word of God, right? The fig leaves that block the word of God, the tree of life. That is where you will find disagreements in the mind, fears, spirits of paranoia, jealousy, envying, and strife, right? People have a certain agenda and an idea in their head about who they think they are. And when they have that demon that they serve in their brains, they can't help but constantly compare their destiny or their calling in Christ or who they are or what kind of car they drive or what house they live in and blah, blah, blah. All the external things, even those things of destiny, don't actually matter as much as most Christians think it does. There are things much higher than destiny, which means you're going above them as all. To go to a certain height, you must sacrifice destiny of who you think you are, what you're called to do, and your eternal spirit man's idea of what the perfection of heaven on earth looks like. Those are often the greatest idols and the very original sin that you had in your eternal spirit man before even coming to earth. Those things in your eternal spirit man that when Satan stepped inside of the father as Lucifer, he was already fallen on the inside, but he hadn't been cast down on the outside. He hadn't been thrown down and fallen like lightning into the fallen dimensions. He was still in the appearance of the perfection in heaven. So ask yourself this question, those of you who want to rise, count the cost. 
What is it that you right now, every one of you at the sound of my voice, no one's exempt from this, every single one of you at the sound of my voice, you have an idea in your, not in your head, not even your heart, in your spirit man, your innermost being, in all the appearance of the perfection of heaven, inside the Father, inside of the God, in the worship, in the glory, the manifest glory. What is your sin? What what did you make a mistake before even coming to earth? There's a reason why you had to come to earth to rectify that. And if you go your entire life and you never deal with that, my friend, you have missed the point of why the Father sent you to earth. Even if you accomplish your destiny, even if you do the impossible, even if you see the invisible, go beyond those shallow, even though supernatural, they're shallow compared to what? what the Father wants formed in you. What's the purpose, the reason why you came to earth? And your final tests are often going to be those things that have the very glory and substance and signs and wonders and your deepest desire of your innermost being your spirit that you think is what perfect heaven should be like. Oftentimes that's actually in reality the contract you tried to make with Satan in your heart when he entered into the Father. And if you can go beyond time and eternity and repent high enough, you can repent of the world to come, not even just the world to come, but the realms outside of time since before you came to earth. And you can really be returning to the Father better than when you left. And that's possible. And some of you are witnesses of righteousness you may have seen glimpses of these things and you can witness that it is true. And so if that's you, it may seem far out, you know, some people are trying to repent of basic sins. Start with the basic sins. Always keep repenting, but count the cost and understand if you continue on this journey, you will have to face those things and the amount of judgments that are coming down through the weeks, through the sapphire stones, because the levels have been raised the standard. When Noah raised up a standard, severe judgment came into the earth. But well, what do we learn in the oral tradition of Moses? I was before the Father. I heard so many decrees, the most severe decrees I've ever heard go out in the heavens. Decrees so severe, I would tremble and probably not even mention them at all. Uh, publicly, I would probably not mention those things. So some of you who are intercessors, many of you may have heard in the last week very severe and harsh judgments going out. You may have been trembling and travailing in prayer. If that's you, I want to comfort you with this. Not all of those decrees will come to pass and it depends on various things. It depends on, well, first of all, personally, what you can handle is your own repentance. What is that thing that the Father's asking you to hand over now? And for some of you, it's your most deep desire of your innermost spirit and what you think your perfect destiny, end game goal, the visions, the prophecies you've received, even if it's a perfect looking Isaac situation, you've got to put it on the altar or it will destroy your destiny. And so many of those decrees, if you hear or see things in the second heavens, some of those harsh decrees have been mitigated. Others of them, it depends on a person to person basis, how quick they are to repent, and what level they repent, and if they can avoid red, going into red sorcery, which is 
you're a circumcised Jew, which means you're on your ascension path. There is a there's a type of red magic that that's done at times by believers, you know, over over time and over you know over the ages. You'll find this. There's kind of a genuine for a time repentance where people try to manipulate God and what that looks like is in the moment they're very sincere and they want to be sincere but in their subconscious and unconscious mind they have this hope right this hope that eventually they'll be so holy when they finish or they go so high in the Sephirot that maybe they'll be so holy that their uh, wicked desires will somehow be acceptable before God. Mm. And so, well, it'll be holy because then we'll be just be perfect. And then we can have this thing. No, the thing that you want is what Satan offered you and promised when he was going around heaven, making promises. I'm going to have a perfect paradise, blah, blah, blah. And most believers have no idea. And this is inside of everyone. So you have to understand, even if you didn't say yes to him, you that pull that you felt that you wanted that, Oftentimes, those are the higher things you have to sacrifice. And it's one of those things that's so potent sorcery uh, that could deceive even the elect if that were possible. So understand all the good and the perfect things from God. Sacrifice it on the altar. Be Abraham. Put Isaac on the altar. And what you'll find is what makes it through the fire is simply your will surrender to God's will. It doesn't matter anymore what it looks like. It doesn't matter anymore my name and my destiny and da, da da You know the real value, which is to be closer to the heart of the Father. And for that, you sacrifice even those greatest wishes that you've seen visions of, that you've seen in your destiny. And if you can lay hold of that, you will be forever one of the closest friends to God, to the Godhead for all of eternity. And if that's something that you want and value, I highly encourage you to go after that in prayer. And I would recommend in fasting too, because to get it out of the eternal spirit, man, you're gonna have to do a little bit of fasting. It's not something that comes out easy. It's like wrestling away a piece of candy from a child or like a, a t their favorite teddy bear. It's not easy. Uh, but if you love the Lord more than those desires, it is very easy. And that's what I found at going up, that it, many of these things are quite easy. Some things are difficult, uh, but the surrendered spirit, the person with the surrendered spirit will find that all they need is clarity. And once the clarity comes, they're willing to sacrifice it. So if you can be that kind of person, then where your main focus needs to be is receive clarity, receive instruction, and desire to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And this is the arena where you want to learn, if possible, through revelation and not through hard knocks, because the hard knocks at these level of judgments is pot potentially the destruction of destinies. Uh, there were decrees going out about spiritual fornication and people losing their soulmates. Uh, there was uh, destruction upon different like countries and things like that. And I know we have some of our you know, prophets as a witness that have heard and seen some of these things. And so I want to encourage you, if you're an intercessor, do not go into fear, do not go into panic, do not go into worry. And I want to share this with you as well. As I was hearing these decrees and trembling in the fear of the Lord. 
before the presence of God, the Holy Spirit like a river, gentle, peaceful river, and the inside of my innermost being flowing up. You know, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you in scripture, that comes up like a river. It comes with clarity, it comes with revelation, it comes it comes with knowledge, it comes with truth, it comes with all those things that you need you know, for the next, for your breakthrough, to, to pray, to do, you know, the instruction. At that moment, that river of the Holy Ghost rose up within me and he gave me this instruction. Remember what God said to Noah that he should have done. What was that? Well, we study the oral tradition of Moses and we go into that encounter when Noah's righteousness caused the destruction of the entire world based on his own merit compared to where everyone else was at in the world. It caused the death of everyone but eight people. And so what did God say to know you should have done? He showed Moses as the example. Moses before the Lord interceding for the people and he would not budge. He had a, a holy, a stubborn righteousness, a stubborn love to protect the people who were in total idolatry, the golden calf. I know many of our seers and, and prophets, you've seen the people in golden calf idolatry worship and that's literally what's been going on uh, majority majority even a lot of people who watch this unfortunately that's been uh, the majority of people have been worshiping the golden calf and not really understanding what they're doing uh, the inner man the conscience should be a witness of there, there's a lot of things going on there but what the spirit of the lord reminded me in that moment was remember noah and remember moses who are you going to be in this time and so i ask you as those of you who are rising in righteousness if your merit begins to be a destruction upon the earth and upon the people and severe decrees go out choose mercy as much as you can what is the oral tradition of moses say that the father prays the father prays and oftentimes what does he pray he prays this prayer may my mercy and compassion override my anger let, let my mercy win against my anger. That's what he prays. Maybe if you're a parent, you have, you've prayed similar prayers, you know? I pray these prayers, I wanna pray like my father prays. And I found after, you know, many nights of pray, all night prayer and uh, just being in that place before the Lord because his true desire is that no, none should perish. And so, but he's a holy God, he's a righteous God. So certain things have to happen. So we did find there had been some mitigation of decrees, whether it's just delayed, postponed, to give you more time to repent or to change your attitude, change the behavior, change that innermost being. Some of you guys, that innermost being, that stuff that was been in you since before time, it's gonna have to be addressed at some point. So just continue repenting. Remember the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but this is one of the, one of the big things he's talking about this weekend. There are two kinds of repentance, and you could say two kinds of people who repent. And you, everyone's been, most of you have probably been both, at one at one time and another at another time. There are two kinds of people who repent, and you may be familiar with both. One repents because they're afraid of the punishment. 
that's coming. That's a good reason to repent, right? Maybe some of you hear that, oh, I don't, I, you know, maybe you spiritually fornicated with your spiritual fathers and now you're at risk of your, the judgment is you're not, you're no longer eligible uh, to be united with your soulmate. If you're in danger of that, would I be praying and fasting and weeping with father? Absolutely. Uh, it's people think there's no consequences for actions. And yes, oh, there's grace, there's grace. But again, it's the change of an era. This is the era of reformation. There is no more grace for false love. It's done. And a lot of people didn't realize this. And it's just, the grace right now is for those of you, you know, forgive them, Father, they don't know what they were doing. Some people, they really loved it in their heart and held on to it. Other people are just deceived. And so he, the Father knows all those. He He's the one who weighs that. It's not me. It's not, you know, it's not all these, you know, other people. It's not certain angels. Angels are involved in the process, but the Father is the one. He knows the secret thoughts and the intentions, even beyond the thought, the intent. The level of, you know, obedience, deception, the love, the merit, the things that you've done for God in the past and you're going to do in the future. He weighs on merits. You know, all these things are judged in the process. So what can you do? Make sure you're not praying witchcraft prayers. Make sure you're not getting into sorcery, red uh, red magic, things like that. That's using your circumcisions for your own intentions and evil with the appearance of righteousness. Be sure that you're fortifying yourself against false love, not just in the past, what you've already overcome, but those present forms of it that you have on the inside of you. If you have foreskins and membrane, you have false love in you, which means you have to overcome the shadow man. That shadow of the body of Satan, which is the dust of the flesh. And so understand, you can't just look at past battles. We want to keep winning victories. Many of you have overcome great challenges. You've repented greatly in your life. Never get so comfortable with the Holy God that you think, well, I've already learned that. I know that I hate false love. I know that I hate Jezebel's tower. Well, have you had a confrontation with you know, in the heights of the Sephiroth, the test that you can't even fathom in your world that you're living in right now? what that test would even be. So we, we humble ourselves before the Almighty God and we worship Him and we never lose the fear of God and never lose the love of God. And that brings us to the second type of person who repents, which is the person who doesn't just repent because they're afraid of being punished, but the better is to repent sincerely because you're afraid of breaking the Father's heart, which means you love him. So there's the fear of being punished, and then there's the fear of love, which is I'm terrified to break his heart. And so therefore, I will choose the best of my ability with the discernment that he's given me, with the revelation I have, and I'll get more revelation, I'll get more insight, and I'll keep repenting, and I'll never assume or get into a haughty place where I think I already know it all, because the fear of the Lord continues to be that wisdom that sustains you. As you rise, the judgments are more strict, they're more refined, and the overflow of that comes down the mountain. It doesn't mean you're held to the same standard as someone walking in worlds and weeks high, but it does bring judgment on the complacent satisfaction and the, the lewdness, uh, the Jezebelic, you know, uh, territories, isolations, you know, eating food that's sacrificed to idols, all that stuff that goes on in the below realms 
God wants to shake things up so that you can wake up and rise from the dust of the earth. Hebrews 6 says, Righteousness is advanced training. So what we're talking about is repentance of spirit. Jeremiah says, The heart, which is spirit, is wicked beyond knowing. And Apostle Paul says in Romans, Some are born for destruction. Meaning, there has to be an understanding of the wickedness of the human spirit in order for there to be repentance of spirit, which is ultimately finding the latter, and Philippians 3.11, obtaining the resurrection while in the body. So, understanding the condition of your spirit and repenting of your spirit's wickedness, that all your spirit is capable of is filthy rags. That's astonishing for a people who think, I'm born again and my spirit's perfect. Your spirit needs to be constantly yielded and clinging to the perfect one in total dependence after salvation. Otherwise, the Bible says you'll get seven times more puffed up in pride. And that's why you got people going around beating each other up and murdering each other, saying, my doctrine's right. I'm going to kill you and oppress you and slaughter you all outside the ladder, all outside the sapphire stone pavement, all outside of Jesus. Knowledge of Jesus, but we're not in the way in the path of Jesus. All of it leads to destruction. That's why it's called a very wide path that leads to destruction. And most go down it. That includes, guys, all Christianity, charismatic Christianity, glory Christianity, all of it. It is very narrow. In fact, it's even more narrow once you discover the glory because now you'll find these angels of light that deceive. If you study it out, what it says there in Scripture, angels of light means angels of Shekinah glory. Angels of Shekinah, angels of the glory realm. Angels of the glory stream. Angels of glory Christianity that do what? The Bible says deceive. So how do we repent of deceiving glory, external angels, and all these things? This message, it's called repentance of spirit. When the spirit man is repenting, the humility and the teachableness that is of that child that inherits the kingdom. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to little children such as these, which means humble ones that are clinging to their father, that are pure with the father, obedient to the father, and learning and obeying the father of their spirit. Meaning, you come to a place where apart from me you can do nothing. You've experienced the nothingness. You've experienced going through all the charismatic witchcraft, the bewitchment, you're experiencing the corruption of your own spirit and what it's going to take listening to the teachings of righteousness to be saved at a level that God requires salvation and then maintain it. That's going to take wisdom of the ages. That's going to take practicing righteousness. Good news. God is imparting that with every word through the teachings of righteousness directly like care packages into your spirit and your spirit learns how to take it and digest it. So the word of God is the care package and the container of the angelic help you need. If you don't show, show up for the daily bread, Matthew 6, pray this way when you pray. 
the first thing Jesus Christ commanded his apostles to pray for was food for their spirit. The daily bread. Which means if you're not energizing your spirit with what God's saying today, you can't repent of spirit. A person that's not eating a spiritual word has no chance of rising. So a little yeast leavens the whole bump, uh, lump. What is yeast for rising? He said, beware of the yeast. And this is a great teaching from Apostle Rebecca over here. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. Why? Because it's the rising of the angels of light that deceives. It's the rising of the seven mountains of Esau. It's the rising of hell and anyone that has that seed in them. But also Jesus Christ's teaching causes a rising. So it is absolutely a seed. It's absolutely a leaven. And so remove a lot of that stuff of what you think and understand teaching will cause a rising for destruction and teaching will cause a rising for salvation for there shall be a resurrection of the living and the dead, Jesus Christ said. This is apostolic (laughs) doctrine that you understand all that you're hearing, digesting into your spirit for everyone is open to listening to something. Some of you, it's Breitbart. Some of some people out there, it's CNN. Some of them, it's MSNBC. Some of them, it's just God TV. Some of them, it's RLM TV. But whatever you're sensitive to, that's what you'll rise to, whatever entity is the source of the teaching or the belief system, be it politics, be it religion, be it spirituality, be it education, be it... Uh, you know, the natural realm. It could be just studying science. It could be studying chemistry. But you will rise to the source of that thing. And you'll find this, if you're a true scholar, you can rise to God through all things, for from God proceeds all things. If there's a true scholarship in you and you continue to learn, you will always find God. You'll find God in everything. He's the author of everything. Now, Sometimes the things he's authored are stolen from him. Stolen scrolls, stolen books, stolen plans, stolen mountains, all kinds of things. So the enemy tries to corrupt all things that are from God. Now we need to destroy the works of the devil, for the sons of God are manifest, that is written. Why? To connect the nation to the sovereignty of God. As it's written... They shall all know the Lord. What does that mean? The devil has been obliterated. When hell is obliterated from the world, the moon shall shine as the sun, Isaiah 30, 26, and the sun seven times brighter. And the Father shall shine in the ones who restore the moon's brilliance to be as the sun understand the restoration of all things the bible says in peter there shall be a new heavens first then new earth why because the earth is dependent on the light of heaven without a sun and a moon everyone on earth is instantly dead you realize that without the luminaries there's no life on earth to have life biological life on earth requires a sun and a moon okay government of day government of night Now, for the moon to shine like the sun and the sun to shine seven days brighter, like seven days and a week and one day, and this intensity, this brightness, this restoration of light, it is because a people are ascending to their God. 
we are getting into the source of light called the Creator, which Acts 3.21 is called the restoration of all things. Behold, Jesus Christ remains in heaven until the restoration of all things. The restoration of all things is the restoration of the luminaries. Enoch said that the luminaries will be restored, healed. So the, Your luminary is going yeah. to be restored and healed. That's right. So you're going to need the moon restored and the sun shining seven times brighter. And that will happen automatically when your luminary, your star, is restored. Just like the luminary's orbit in the natural. You understand that in the natural. You learn that the cosmos in elementary school in America. So you, as a star, as a luminary, as a moon that reflects Jesus Christ called the moon in Revelation. Why is that? It's the reflecting of the Father. What is a son? Someone who completely reflects the Father as sun and moon. And that's exactly what it says in Revelation. So it's really an ascension and an orbit. Amen? And so you're learning how to ascend like a fallen star, now a shooting star. He grew up like a tender shoot. Isaiah 11, a shooting star. Now orbiting forever, ascending to the Father around his throne at the right hand forever, it is written. What about you, Buckwheat? Type that up. What about me, oh, Buckwheat? Yeah, while we're typing things. You shall ascend as shooting stars to orbit around your Father in heaven forever. And you shall all be like moons, reflecting your Father's light as sun, which will be a thousand times brighter in Jesus' name. Amen. While Amen. you're writing down notes, anyway, I want you to write this down. You can put it in the comments so you can write it in your notes. Are you ready? Okay. Stars shine in space, not in black holes. Again, stars shine in space, not in black holes. What is space? What are we talking about? The firmament. The lights shine in the firmament. Your light, right? Every one of you is a bright star, right? You know that. Some of you are hurting, you're in pain because you miss your brightness. You're asking, where is my brightness? Where's, when is the brightness of my rising? You see other bright ones. Don't be jealous of people's light. That's, uh, that's the mistake that Lucifer made. That is the reason he's now Satan. If you don't want to end up like him, don't hate brighter luminaries. Learn from them and grow to be like them. That's wisdom. So Your good. brightness is going to come. I want to encourage you. The reason why it's so hard is because you first, you, you have to die to the old life. It doesn't look like an increase of brightness. It looks like an increase of darkness. Now make sure that that darkness of the death of the self nature is the planting of the seed of righteousness in the earthen vessel. You have to come face to face with the sin that's already prevalent in all flesh. Your flesh, their flesh, any uncircumcised flesh has that nature, which means don't take it personally. It's common to everyone. Ever since the fall of mankind, you're just being brave to face it and deal with it. So when is the brightness of your rising? I mean, you personally, not somebody else, not a neighbor, not the next person that's going up to the moon and all those other things. You, your rising. Where's the brightness of your rising? It is the formation of Christ within you. And I want you to understand that stars shine in space, or the rakia, the firmament, the shamayim, the seven heavens, not in a black hole. 
So you must not go to false light. False light, which is powered by false love, which is truly lust and envy and pride and jealousy, striving and murder and all that kind of stuff. Backbiting, backsliding. Shemayim. That's a good one to write down. Yeah. Shemayim, seven heavens. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you'll shine. You'll shine so bright. And uh, I want you to be healed, your luminary healed in the brightness of your rising and some of you that's the pain that you feel is where's my brightness you know that you were born for something like wonderful and and bright and and beautiful and it doesn't look like that when you see your life where you're at right now the struggles you've had it feels like failures things that you felt like you've lost spiritually you know david did recover all and so it is possible to recover that, but don't go for the microwave solution. Don't go for the band-aid quick fix of the black hole that pretends to be false light. They're just trying to steal your light that you have remaining and leave you like a dried up dead corpse, your inner man completely destroyed. If your inner man dies and your light goes out, you don't have anything left. You're an empty shell, The walk that's the walking dead. There are people out there who already died in their inner man after having tasted the, the power of the age to come, which is the indwelling of the, of the Holy Spirit and tasted of these realms, when their light goes out because they sacrifice themselves on altars, they give up either body parts or a lot. Some people give up their actual body of their inner man of light, of Shekinah, mm -hmm. and they look like they have perfect bodies and perfect skin. They look like they're perfect people on the outside, but on the inside, the inner man is dying and dying and dying. And when that light goes out, they are the walking dead. It's a shell. Of a human being and that those are the ones who are beyond salvation yeah, all sorcerers are required to do that right, and so then those are the ones who like Esau they chose to have the things in this life but not serve God that's why it says woe to you rich in the book of Enoch woe to you rich because you have the appearance of righteousness now what does he also talk about he talks about as the progression of the rising and righteousness of the weeks happens that wealth is transferred to the righteous, the actually righteous and right standing with God. So a lot of times what you'll see is that when you're rising and you're in the lower rungs, it's common sinful nature of the uncircumcisions to judge wrongly the higher rungs. Because what in order for you to rise, you often are going to have to sacrifice those things that got you by, how you had a relationship with God, how you study the Bible, what, how you think God's going to move, you know, your vision, your lower visions, things like that. You know, you sacrifice those things in order to go higher and the higher things, God likes to test the righteous so they can grow closer and closer to him and to him. And so you'll find in that you're sacrificing more of the things of God and it's a temporary, it's like a down payment. And then it starts to pay back in what measurements of glory, proximity to the Father, right? Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I'm not the best, you know, speaker. I'm not the best. I don't have crazy talent, you know, with all kinds of different things. I'm not, I would say, you know, I've seen crazy, amazing healings. Pretty good speaker. But actually. I'm not, thanks. But I'm not the best, you know, <laughs> healer or whatever, you know, the different, you know, the gifts of the spirit, you know, you can go and develop and work on them. And I had seasons of that. But when it comes down to all these things, I found them to be quite wearisome 
And in the sacrifice of going after those things of God, using the things of God for power, like the power signs, right? The sacrifice of going after the power, the words of knowledge. I used to shock people and just, you know, go into all those things. And you might think it's foolish to sacrifice them for a higher way. Uh, because people like that. They like being the spiritual person, the powerful person. Well, if you listen to, um, the, as it's written in the book of John Paul Jackson <laughs> in heaven, <laughs> you know, power can only change the external, the physical dimension. It's not, it's not as beneficial as you would think. What about authority? Authority has the power to change the invisible realm. Why is that more powerful? Think about it like this. Power, using the power gifts is only a band-aid. You heal the person, eventually something else is going to go wrong. Sometimes the healing doesn't last, sometimes it does. There's not oftentimes a real change. The ones that God does allow that healing to go to, he doesn't hopes that they will change because some people are so tender-hearted towards him. All he has to do is heal one little thing. It could be one little boo-boo, <laughs> a little cut, a little scrape, and God heals it, and they're just forever his. They praise him. They're like a child. Oh, my daddy kissed my boo-boo and it, he made it better. I love him forever. <laughs> and I, if you're that person, please stay like that forever. I love you. You're, you need to be like that. Really stay good. like that. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, what, that's actually my testimony. I had, it happened to me, I think, in the world of Berea. Yeah. kissed me amen <laughs> so and i love him forever but just stay like a child and know that why is it better to go after authority all those invisible realms that go on forever that means all the physical realm that's formed out of the invisible will be forever changed all that's visible comes out it's power generated and it generates. It's the generations of righteousness. So when you establish righteousness, everything generated and the power that's going to come next is actually going to come out of those things that you changed in the invisible realm, which means there are um, inheritances, rewards, and rights in that for eternity of eternities forever and ever. Not just like for the next 20 years, people will remember the great healer the airbender, the waterbender, the firebender. They could bend the lightning, you know? For like, and then for like 20 years, everyone remembers you, and then everyone hates you all your life, and then after you're dead, then they honor you, and then what's the point? Mm -hmm. uh, what, so people can go around healing people and then sending them to hell? It, there's no point. So understand that it's not really possible when you're in the lower rungs to judge the higher things correctly. There's something about the Ruah that always kind of low-key hates the neshama until it gets always circumcised through Yetzirah because the main, uh, some of the main idolatry of the golden calf worship in this age with the church people has been the worship of the Ruah, the, your own Ruah being God, your own spirit. Yeah. Well, guess what? Your innermost being isn't always going to be your spirit, your Ruah. It's wrong. It's only the word is God. <laughs> when that neshama, and by the way, when that neshama drops in your spirit, think about it like this. What is the church age teaching? They say you have a spirit and a soul and a body. And that's all they know. That's it. Yeah. That's all they think. 
there's more. Some people have had taste. I know people like Kat Kerr. She's had sight into the kingdom age. She's gone to heaven. She saw the layers, right? Well, let's go a little bit deeper. What are the layers? What is, let's unpack that. This is not just like preschool, kindergarten, one, two, three. You know, we're like, well, oh, it's fashioned after the Godhead. Yeah, what about the seven spirits of God? Why are there seven spirits? Why did he make himself known in these seven ways, even though he's infinite layers without end? Which people have gone into heaven and seen those layers, like Kat Kerr witnessed, he actually has infinite layers. When she looked at people, they had measurements of layers, but God had infinite layers. Why is that? Why? Okay, so you, when you get used to your ruah, you know, we call it spirit. In the Hebrew and in the Greek, you'll notice that the heart and spirit are oftentimes interchanged interchangeable and can often cause confusion in scholars when they're looking at like what does this mean well is it soul or spirit and they only think does it mean nefesh right like is it my soul or my spirit well guess what your ruah spirit is also a soul it's not god it's a created it's a created soul what did god promise to us as part of the overcomers rewards I'll give you a new heart. What's a new heart? It's a new soul. Your heart is your soul. I'll give you a new soul. I'll give you a neshama. Bam, when that neshama drops in you, guess what? Your ruah becomes a throne for the neshama and God gives you a new heart like he promised. That becomes your new innermost being. Now you live in the neshama. You send out the ruah. Uh-huh. You send out the Ruah like beautiful silver armor, apples of gold and settings of silver. You're learning wisdom, you're learning righteousness. You really start to learn righteousness when you get a hold of the Neshama because it's that golden apple in the setting of silver. What's the setting of silver before you have the golden, the meat, the meat of that supernal apple of wisdom and righteousness, purity and righteousness, right? Wisdom is purity, righteousness is understanding. Right, the silver, the under, the silver, the purity, wisdom that comes down from above is what? It's silver, it's chesed, it's loving kindness. It's first of all, pure, it is written in the book of Proverbs. So understand, purity and righteousness means you're going to have wisdom and understanding and they're going to be pure as gold and as silver refined seven times, which is seven souls, as you rise in righteousness. And God doesn't mind giving you another layer. Here's another, you did good. You are faithful with that layer. It's all circumcised. Let's give you another one. Why? Because for the seven spirits of God, who was one God to be married to you fully, you're gonna have to have your own set of seven. Otherwise it's an imperfect match. Who can be as equal as bride? You can't unless you have the seven. It's just like, oh, my almost, not quite, just like my midget, my bride. I love the short people. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, it's, a, it's fine, you know, you, you could be born a physical midget, but you could be, you know, seven souls, ten worlds high in cosmic righteousness. You might, you probably actually grow in physical height if you keep going, honestly. I'd like to see that. That's that. really good wisdom as understanding the sapphire stones as heart stones, mm -hmm. God's heart mm -hmm. stones, because he gives you a new <laughs> heart every time you step up. What are you repenting? You're repenting unto his heart. So really, Jesus Christ saying, I am 
the heart stones of the Father. And so you get a new heart as you rise. And the formation of that world stones really is a new soul or a new heart each elevation. And it has different character qualities and aspects of the Father now uh, working in you because you've ascended on it. I remember your bar mitzvah like it was yesterday or like, you know, a couple thousand years ago. <laughs> it's special, you know. I know it's not... I want you to understand, maybe you're new to this. When you experience receiving a new heart, a new stone with a new name on it, eh? New stone. The Keter has the engravings. When you get that, that new stone with a new name, it's only known to you and the Father. When you get those things, when you get that new heart, it's not like a mental idea. It's not like a religious doctrine that you memorize. Now I know or I have to go into some vision and I'm not sure. It is the most real and personal experience with God that will rock your life. Mm -hmm. I remember when I got my neshama, I remember when you got your neshama, it was heartwarming, melting, just the melting before the Father, just the, oh my gosh, I can't believe you had something this good for me. Like, how did I ever live my life without a neshama? Like, wow. this is amazing. I feel like, oh, he's so good. And then every additional soul. And so we always want to not like take for granted. Oh, the Nishama is so precious. I love my Nishama soul. I love my Chaya Crystal Palace. Oh, I have a quick, quick testimony. Earlier this week, I put my hand up and I said, Crystal Chaya Power Makeup. Because, you know, uh, the girls and I here, we're huge like Sailor Moon fans. We love love and justice and you know, being a pretty magical girls, that's what we enjoy in righteousness and purity and holiness. And as I said that, yeah, crystal chaya power make up, just in the oil of joy in the presence of the Lord here, I had pink gemstone dust, the same color as my crystal chaya appear physically on my hand <laughs> immediately. So I just want to encourage you, have fun with it because who else? I, I feel like that's a first in Christianity. You can go out and get a, heal a bunch of people with strange fire and not do any lasting works. But how, who can say you please the Father eternally with what you're doing because he asks you to do it, the works that he prepares, and can put your hand in the air and say, Crystal Chaya Power Makeup. I'm sharing that with you so that you can do it. And if that happens for you, I want to know what color appears. So... If you do that, and if gemstone dust appears on your hand, please, I just saw an angel. <laughs> you like that? Please post it on the Facebook and let us know what color appeared. I think that's great. You gotta have fun in, in the Lord, you know? It's the severe things, the holy things of God, but that's so you're, you have the purity and you can be pleasing to God so that you can dwell with Him and Him indwelling in you and have fun, right? Have fun in the Lord and in, in the good things. Yeah, that glory um, dust, the yeah. gold dust, the silver dust, you gemstone dust. When it comes, it's often a confirmation of heaven doing something in your life. I'll tell you, it's the most frequent sign and wonder now the angels use that I'm ready to go to the next rung and the mm -hmm. circumcision of foreskin and membrane are complete for the next jump. Mm -hmm. And so what I'll do is, I'll say, Lord, increase the glory on my hands. Increase the gold dust of my hands as a confirmation if I'm ready to ascend. Well, two nights ago, I'm standing in front of the refrigerator at our new place here in Miami, 
it was the most gold dust that came right out of the palm of my hand. It was my whole hand looked like it was glittering. <laughs> and so the Lord confirmed I was ready to make the jump. And so I stand up and I said, Holy Spirit, go ahead of me. And then I take, I like to physically jump. We like to jump in the direction yeah, of the next sapphire stone. And then I, I leap over in that direction. I, I say out loud, let my feet be established on the name of the next rung. And then declare war against the foreskin and membrane and then make progress. And this is how you ascend. So the signs and wonders dealing with your heart, mm -hmm. the internal repentance, and then taking the outside with you each and every mm -hmm. rung. It's very practical. It's very glorious. And it's always with confirming signs and wonders with your assigned angels. Amen. It's Amen. really good. And you're going to get to a point in your life where you realize every single day that you wake up, it's about the rung that you're on. Everything you'll encounter that whole day, from the good things to the problems that come up to the little irritations, it's if you're bewitched, it's about other people. Oh, somebody did this. Or, about about or, people and meeting you know, people's needs instead well, of eyes on the when stairway. When this person texted me, the vacuum cleaner stopped working, so I'm pretty sure they're <laughs> doing witchcraft against me. And they got all paranoid. And like, I don't know, like people do crazy stuff like that. Or just like, well, something went wrong when somebody did this. Well, there could be people praying witchcraft prayers against you, but you give that to the Father and you, you know, you stay in rigid righteousness for your protection. But aside from that, that's how the enemy wants to distract you. Next thing you know, you're just thinking about problems. This went wrong when this person was here and did that and went over there and did this, called me or did the post, blah, blah. That's bewitchment. Yep. That's the enemy trying to distract you from your rung that you're on and your next rung. So if you understand everything, even if people legitimately sin against you, don't focus on their sin. Oh, I feel fire in my lips. <laughs> don't focus on their sin. Focus on your repentance. Focus <laughs> on your the rung. One, they you. one of the sin best revelations you. of Heaven Waits the Bride by Anna Roundtree, it says in that book that when your eyes were fixed on the ladder, your eyes are on Jesus. Yep. If you don't have that foundation, you're going to be distracted. Look stuff. around, act like mm -hmm. a clown, end up with a frown. <laughs> yeah. But if your eyes are on the rung you're on, there'll be internal repentance and you'll grow in Christ mm -hmm. every season. Amen. Right. So oftentimes, the Father, he'll allow things to just irritate the crap out of us. Like, you might feel mad or sad <laughs> or really, really bad. <laughs> And it's not anybody else's fault. And if you can really just lay hold of that, you know what? I'm not going to blame the problems happening, going wrong on other people. It's, it's easy. Taking the easy chicken way out is I'm just going to blame others. Lay the blame on yeah. someone else. That's like, that's come on. Adam like, did it. Backbone. Cain did it. That's you the know? sinful nature. Take responsibility. Internal sacrifice. You pick up your cross. Yeah. That's, that's the sacrifice of self. No matter what's going on around you. Yeah. And that's how you really grow in Christ. And then that sacrifice of your own repentance, of your own wrong, you're like, okay, the fact that this is irritating me, even though I have knowledge of good, good means it's probably a membrane. That's how you can tell, mm. oh, I'm working the membrane. Because the foreskin, which is the part one of the circumcision of that rung, will usually feel like, you know, you notice the sin, the light of righteousness, the sun of righteousness illuminates it. And you're like, ooh, that's sin. Cut, cut, cut. Now I know what's good. Okay, well, there goes the foreskin. Well, now you know what's good, right? Now you got it. You, you, you have the revelation. You repented. 
you're good now. No, it's the membrane. That's why other people are gonna start to irritate you, even though you think, well, what's going on? I'm doing everything right. No, you ha it's not about right. It's about God, God's righteousness, his righteousness. And that membrane is really the alabaster throne of Satan, yeah. a counterfeit mother of pearl of the throne of Christ. And so the membranes are the most wicked parts of every part of the human spirit. Oh, do you guys want to know what the counterfeit mother of pearl is, by the way? Let's, we can expose that real quick. You might already see it just as I'm talking about it. The mother of pearl, alabaster, false white. What is mother of pearl? That's false Shekinah above to the pearl, the moon like a pearl in the sky. I mean, hello, have you watched Sailor Moon? Probably not. Repent. No, I'm just kidding. You know, you know it's not required, but uh, mother of pearl. That's Shekinah above to Shekinah below. What is that? In Satan's kingdom, that false mother of pearl is that false, it's that false star of Lilith corresponding to Jezebel below. So in the Sephirot of God's kingdom, you have Shekinah above corresponding to Shekinah below, right? Your mother, heavenly Jerusalem, above and daughter of seven, Shekinah below. And so that is God's way of setting up his kingdom. That's what he does. So what does Satan do? He only copy, he's a copycat, but he perverts and twists things. So he has Lilith, which is what Samael, the serpent rider, who's the serpent that he rides Lilith, right? So she's the one above in the cosmos. And then her false daughter of seven is Jezebel, the seven spirits of Jezebel, false Shekinah, and the earth, which most glorious Christians actually worship. So you can have the knowledge of the Bible, you can have the knowledge of glory, and be worshiping Jezebel, this false Shekinah, false daughter of seven. How do you know if they're worshiping Jezebel? When people come around carrying the true Shekinah and they hate them, or they react severely and negatively toward that, or you know, paranoid, or at strive towards that, that's the measure that they actually like the other spirit. They like the other daughter of seven. They like Lilith and Jezebel. That's their glory above, that's their mother Jerusalem that they worship in their heavenly visions in the sky. Uh, it's not, they don't love Jerusalem, they love Lilith. And Samael is that serpent rider, so that's that white alabaster throne that he rides up into the sky. And it's the seven mountains of fornication with the appearance of righteousness. So just understand, I know it's like a lot, maybe that sounds terrifying. Don't please, you know. You're not going to have, you know, don't have like, you know, bad dreams over this, but... Answer is cling we, to the yeah. sword and cut, cut away. Cut away. Cut away until nothing can be cut anymore. Because then you'll find Christ in the center once everything's circumcised, yep. foreskin and membrane. And when the membrane is being worked at, it's all the good stuff with the appearance of good and godliness and charismatic works and all these things mm -hmm. of obedience. No, cut away with it. Put it all to the sword. Test everything and fire it as written. So all of that, that's the most diabolical deceiving parts of the human heart. It's the godliness. It's the Christianity. It's the divinity of, of man, which is really that Luciferianism that's at the core wickedness of the, of the nations that has to come out of the membranes through repentance of spirit. Killing shadow people ministries worldwide international. <laughs> So just remind yourself, when you're dealing with a member and you feel angry, irritated, you want to blame somebody else, why is this happening to me? Just remind yourself, wait a minute, I hate Lilith. <laughs> I actually, I hate Jezebel. I hate Samael. I hate 
the devil. The devil is a liar. You know, pull out the, your quotes that you've got on deck from Apostle Shadrach to encourage yourself throughout the day and just pull out, the devil is a liar. That's right. All right, now we're just going to circumcise and get it over with and move on to the next rung of repentance. <laughs> and it'll be an increase of joy and glory and the presence of God. And I wanted to share this with you before we left because it's an encounter and we love to share the impartation of the seed of that word of that encounter with Christ that was in one of our days here praying before the Lord and just sitting in the quiet and watching. I was in here watching the angel orbs. Oh, there goes the golden orb over there. I was gonna, they're not flapping their wings like how we would probably flap, you know, like, oh, it's your first day with a pair of wings, you know, like the kind of graceful like movements and things like that. Whoa, I just saw another one there. Yeah, like that. Yeah, you guys, I know you guys, full of grace there, full of God's grace. That's why they're so graceful in their movements. Don't worry, you'll grow in it too as you, <laughs> as we rise, we'll grow in it. But I'm watching all the angels in here and, um, and I'm looking, I get, there's the most dimensions I'd probably felt like I'd seen in at the same time, but with my eyes open and it was just wonderful. I'm like, whoa, there's the quantum entanglements over here. There's the angel orbs over here. There's the wings and the, the way they're moving over here. And there's the sparkles, the glory, glitter sparkles everywhere. That's nice. A lot of girls like to look at that. They're like, this is the glitter I've been dreaming of since childhood. <laughs> the reason why you like the glitter is because it reminds you of the glory. You know, it started to get cloudy, like physical cloud. Like, I don't know, couldn't tell if it was my eyes or just a physical cloud. And I didn't want to think about it too much because I didn't want it to go away. So I just was like, just to lean into it. Yes, Lord. Try not to freak out when things are happening, you know, so you don't come out of it. And uh, it started to get cloudy and cloudy. And all of a sudden, as I'm praying to God, this lightning, white lightning comes down and it's a specific type of lightning. It's what it looks like every time a holy angel or a holy creature from God comes down the Sephira. I can see it now. It looks like lightning. It is different than natural lightning. It looks, but it looks like like similar to lightning more alive like liquid but like solid it's 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 a miracle it's the miracle substance of this kind of lightning and it came down just it gets a and uh the last time when i saw an angel come down it was michael and that was when we were at the last place and i saw him come down over the waters to the external stuff that's why you want to punch a hole in the heavens to connect the external stuff so they can come to you quicker so that's not all that hold up like in the book of Daniel where uh, Gabriel is like, hey, sorry it took me so long, I was held up. Well, why? We gotta break through the heavens, have it on the inside, connect to the external so they can just come to you like that. There's not all this weird delay and waiting for angels so they can just like instantly just come. But I recognized Michael when you came because in the teachings of the oral tradition of Moses, there is about, I think, only like two different types of angels or two. And I think I have to go back and do my homework again. I'll be a better student. But I believe there's only two entities who are angels that are not God uh, that can cover the whole distance in two swoops. And when I saw him come down, it was in two swoops. So I knew I was like, this has got to be either this one or this has got to be Michael. And sure enough, it was Michael. Uh, how? I mean, you gotta be a freaking champion to come 
clear all the heavens in like two fell swoops like that. Nobody can do that. Like, that's the rarest thing. So anyway, uh, mm -hmm. this one that came down came in one zap. The Lord. It was the Lord, and and it he just right landed right on me. Mm. And I'm just it's I mean it's like about look like this far from my face, <laughs> like right. Can you be a lightning just shoot down the sapphire stones? And I'm just like I was reaching out like <laughs> you know <laughs> this might kill me if I touch it. But, uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, is this the Lord? And so I test the Lord when he comes to you because I'm not about to entertain any false Jesuses. And I know if you're like, uh, so we're always like, confess to me that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. You know, so yeah, the Lord was in here. And then I look around, I'm just trying to be calm and enjoy and I'm overwhelmed. I'm excited again. I'm like, hi God. <laughs> lightning all the way down and uh, I just seen him walking like the white like the this white in the cloud like in the glitter and the sparkles just walking around the apartment and just the peace and he's just walking in here and it is very nice the presence of the Lord and the clouds of glory the clouds of glory the clouds of glory precious things of heaven and the most precious thing in heaven which is Jesus Christ and so value him over all the other things and you'll do just fine you love the Lord <laughs> pretty exciting to establish RLM TV here in Miami Florida with God himself coming down and physically walking around Miami as we're doing this work so Bless you guys oh, who yeah. are participating with us. He wants and... me to mention one other walker in this place. Uh, I saw one other person in here. I saw our friend and prophet, Apostle Shadrach. He was, I saw him at some point, I think it was like during the day, in the apartment, standing in here, walking. Shadrach's angel was in yeah. there. And he looked like like a Moses or an Elijah or like a <laughs> Samuel. You know how they had like the old, he looked like he had the robes and like the white linen head covering with a little thin black band, which that black color, it represents priesthood, but it also represents Shekinah. Probably translated while yeah. he was praying for us. Yeah, he was the only one we told that we would, we, we're moving yeah. to Miami. We kept yeah. it a secret yeah. to be a surprise. Yeah, and he did a really good job praying <laughs> through all the different crazy stuff that we had to do to get here. Mm. And uh, so thank you for that. But I saw him in his eyes. If you guys know Heimdall from Thor Ragnarok or Thor, 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 all any of the Thor movies, the Heimdall guy. The gatekeeper. The gatekeeper. He had the golden armor and he's got glowing eyes. More glowing than Heimdall's eyes. He literally looked like he had these amber golden eyes glowing. Like his eyes were full of light and glory and purity and righteousness, right? And so he's in there and he had a wooden staff in his right hand and he had that linen white covering on his head. And he had literally like he had like sandals like, like very similar to Jesus's sandals, that humility, like leather kind of color, very similar style very close to Jesus's sandals, standing in here with his eyes glowing and I was just like, 
<laughs> I'm like, what does he know? Does he know he's walking around in here? And uh, so it's exciting. I know it can be so intense, um, but it's worth it, you know, not just to experience these things, but, you know, we do want you to experience the things of heaven. I know you want to experience heaven, experience the presence of God, be a close friend to the Lord as you continue to be a better friend to him. Just choose today, you know what, Lord, I want to be a better friend to you. What can I do to be a better friend, uh, to love you more? And because that's what it's about. He deserves the love. He deserves the honor and the glory and the praise. It's all his. So we give it back to him. And the brightness of your rising is going to light up the heavens. And when you're in a true apostolic covering, uh, there's you don't, there's no dimming of your light to be in submission to authority. This is for the purpose of the increase of so your good. brightness, right? This is not the tabernacle of Jezebel and Molech ministries where you just have to like dim your brightness. Like some of you- No dimming, only no, amplifying. Yeah, exactly. And so again, make sure you put to death the old nature because the old nature wants to have the brightness. So when you're going through that season of you got to plant it in the earth, it might look darker initially. When you rise and start going up the rungs, your brightness is going to start Seasons increasing. of pruning yeah. and sowing and reaping, you're going to need all of them right. thousands of times. But just hold on to that vision of you rising with Jesus, one with him, getting to be a better friend to him and loving him. And he's actually rejoicing with us in the rising of your brightness. Like some of you, I may have already told you this. I don't know if I told you spirit to spirit or not. Like you are called to be much greater scribes of righteousness than me. I'm excited for that because I know I, I'm doing these in part. I do a lot of things in part, but the point is to raise up you guys who are called and chosen. Like some of y'all are freaking Gandalf in the study with the tomes and like and a magic staff. You're literally going to destroy works of darkness as you write things down. It's epic. It's amazing. And you're called to be much greater scribe uh, than I am. And that's good. And I you're supposed to. That's why I'm hoping for it. I'm like, yes, please, we need this. Some of you are meant to be much better, like greater, like uh, executives and greater workers, works will you do. administrators, you know, much greater administrator. Like I have lots of experience for this and blah, blah, blah. All the, the seemingly random stuff that came into play for righteousness. Each one of you has a specialty and you're going to excel beyond everyone else in your specialty. So stick to what you're called to be like you will surpass like those are the things you will surpass me in those things that's not a bad thing that's a good thing you're supposed to some of you i know at least one of you you're supposed to be a much greater healer than i am that's great i do certain healings but i don't just go around healing out people why i stay in my lane this is what i'm doing someday if i go out there and wave my hand and we raise a bunch of people out of the grave that's fun I think that would be great. I would totally join in on that. But you're meant to be an incredible healer and you're going to heal a lot of people. So get that vision. It's not about competition. It's about finding your lane and then staying in that. And being in the canopy of true Shekinah is an increase of your brightness. So just understand the picture and the vision for the true canopy of love so that we will be known by how much we love one another and how much we love Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen.
Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed viewers of RLM TV, thank you for joining us in this sacred space where we come together to explore the profound teachings of the Bible. Today I stand before you to extend a heartfelt invitation to support RLM TV, a platform that endeavors to bring the timeless wisdom of the scriptures into the homes and hearts of believers around the world. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, we are reminded that wisdom is the principal thing, and with all our getting, we should get understanding. RLM TV is dedicated to providing that understanding, to unravel the layers of divine knowledge embedded in the Holy Scriptures. Your support is crucial in allowing us to continue this noble mission. As we embark on this journey, let us draw inspiration from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, where Jesus instructs his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. RLM aspires to fulfill this divine commission by reaching out to souls across the globe, illuminating their lives with the light of God's Word. Your generous contributions play a pivotal role in sustaining this beacon of enlightenment. The Gospel of Luke chapter 6, verse 38 encourages us with the promise that when we give, it will be given to us in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. By supporting RLM TV, you are sowing seeds of spiritual abundance, not only for yourselves, but for countless others who will reap the harvest of God's grace through this ministry. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10, we are challenged to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in God's house. RLM TV is that spiritual storehouse where the sustenance of God's Word is shared abundantly. Your financial contributions ensure that the storehouse remains full, allowing us to continue feeding the hungry souls seeking nourishment for their faith. In conclusion, let us heed the words of Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, which assures us that our God will supply every need of ours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. As you consider contributing to RLM TV, know that you are partaking in a divine partnership to spread the richness of God's glory through the medium of internet and television. Thank you for your attention, and may your hearts be moved to support RLM TV as we journey together in the pursuit of spiritual enlightenment and understanding. God bless you abundantly. Amen.